Blog Talk Radio. This is the Healing Light Show with your host, Ken Burrow. Stay with us as we bring honor and glory to Jesus, our Savior, Deliverer, and Healer. She started to cry and thought he ain't coming home She was tired of the lies, tired of the fight But she didn't want to see him go She fell on her knees and said I haven't prayed since I was young But Lord above, I need a miracle I'm your host, Ken Burrow. So glad you could join us this morning. This has been a, an awesome morning so far. I, many of you know that this program, Stan Shell Jr. founded this program, and he gave it to me about a year ago to host. And he and I also do a, a, a Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Roku TV Live every Monday and Wednesday mornings, and this morning we just were, the power of God was so amazing, just moving through, and I just thank God for that. I also thank God for our guest today. Our guest today is Prophet Shavita Desiree Moore. Is that correct? Did I say your name right? Yes. It's okay. desire, but desire is not desire? my real name. Okay. I, I desire more of God. 
That's well, hey, me too. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, she was born in Alexandria, Virginia, and, and served in a ministry throughout uh, D.C. and Maryland and, and Virginia. I used to live up that way myself when I was a young man in the Army. I was at Fort Meade, Maryland, and um, she's a wife and a mother of six children, and she resides in Stafford, Virginia. She received yeah. salvation, and I don't know. Okay, I, I'm having – we have a couple of callers on, on, on already who have joined us, and uh, we're going to get to you all here in a little while. First, we're going to let Shavita talk about – her testimony, and instead of reading this whole bio that I have posted up here, I'll let her Thank do you. the talk. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your ministry. Tell us what God is doing for a time such as this. Good morning, and thank you so much. I hate long bios. Just say, Shavita, believer of God. <laughs> that sums it up. All right. Um, I agree. I'm from Zion Deliverance Ministries, and um, we're under um, Mountaintop Ministries with Apostle James Kickhart. And um, God is really moving in this time. And he's moving in such a way that miracle signs and wonders are really following those that believe in him. And um, I want to give you a little background on myself and give you my testimony. I've been, I was running from, um, I, you know, I, told, I was told I was a prophet when I was 12. I knew I was because I saw things that other people didn't see, and I grew up in a religious household back and forth between my mother and my father. And my, excuse me, my mother and my grandmother. My mother was the, um, I was, my mother and father were both um, addicts. My mother was a cocaine addict and my father was a heroin addict. And then on the other side, my grandmother, she was Pentecostal. And we had rules and we had, and there were cycles. Every three months, my grandmother get tired of me because she had raised 10 children and she was older. And then she sent me to live with my mother and it was back and forth throughout my childhood. So that's when rejection set in. And then as a teen, I experienced, um, as a young girl, I experienced molestation by a family member twice. And as a teen, I was raped twice. And then I went on into my adulthood in a horrible marriage that was very abusive. And um, so a lot of things happened in my childhood and my adulthood and when I came to Christ, um, I thought I had laid it all on the altar. So um, several years ago, um, my cousin had committed suicide, and I had no rest. It was really bothering me, and I didn't sleep for three days, and I called the doctor, and she gave me medication to sleep, and I couldn't sleep. It didn't work. So then I got up in the middle of the night, and I went over to my cousin's house, and he gave me a drug, and he said, this will help you get some sleep so you can get some um, rest because I hadn't been asleep for three days going into my fourth. Well, I took the drug he gave me, and uh, a week later I woke up in ICU. And wow. during that time, they had to tell me the story. Um, I had flatlined um, five times. My heart was only beating <clears throat> twice per minute. I had lost all the oxygen to my brain. And um, during the times that I flatlined five times, or on the fifth time, my uncle, they was um, pronouncing my death. And um, they had already did a toxicology report and a time of death. And my husband, and my excuse me, and my uncle said she has five children. She needs to live. Try it again. And they tried to resuscitate me again, and they got a faint pulse and a faint heartbeat, and then transferred me to the ICU with a trach and a breathing machine and a tube. Um, feeding to 
and I was in ICU um, in a coma for a week. And during that time, um, they were telling my children that if she makes it out of this, she'll be a vegetable because she had lost so much um, oxygen to her brain. So you all, if she comes out of this coma, you all need to have, you know, we, you need to start making preparations because she won't be able to walk, talk, or um, function again as normal because she's lost too much oxygen. So I woke up out of the coma a week later, and um, I didn't know where I was. I was looking around, and the craziest thing is I saw a dove at my window, hospital room window. And I said, doves don't fly in Stafford County. And I still didn't know what everything was. I didn't know who my children were. I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know why I was in the hospital. I didn't know anything. I couldn't talk. I couldn't because um, I had to, still had the trach in my mouth. And um, things slowly progressed. In the hospital, I had to learn how to swallow again, how to chew again for them to take the um, feeding tube out. But meanwhile, while I had the feeding tube in, um, I was drowning because they were overfeeding me, and I couldn't talk. So every time they came with the feeding, I would knock it over. And she was saying, you have to eat, you have to eat. But she didn't know that um, I had um, a surgical procedure years before, which was a lap band, and it only takes a certain amount of food. So I was choking on the feeding tube. They were filling it up, and it was coming back up, and I was choking on the food she gave me. So I kept knocking it over and knocking it over. And she said, something is wrong. She said, have you had surgery? And I shook my head, yes. And this was after um, a week of coming around and, you know, knowing a few things. Um, and she said, so if you've had a, a surgical procedure for weight loss, then we're drowning you. And I shook my head, yes. Yeah. She was like, we almost killed you three times. And I was, wow. and tears began to roll down my face because they didn't know my history and they didn't know that they were overfeeding me and I was choking on the food through the feeding tube, and she was like, I am so sorry, and um, another week went past, and my, um, and the Holy Spirit had spoke to me, because when I started to gain um, consciousness and awareness of what was coming back, the only thing that was coming to my memory was scriptures. It wasn't my family, it wasn't my children, it wasn't anything, scriptures was the first thing that was coming to my mind. And then the Holy Spirit said, you are the apple of my eye. 30 minutes later, my aunt walked into the hospital room and she said, Shavita, I'm praying for you. And God said, you are the apple of his eye. And I knew that was confirmation that I was going to make it. So um, um, I went through it was a miraculous recovery because I was with, out of the hospital in another week. But in the meantime, several doctors had flew in from Philadelphia and New York to see who is this woman who had recovered from um, flatlining to zero, I was at zero to 1% brain activity, who was up and walking and ready to go home. They wanted to meet this miracle. And I said, you know, all I could say was it was all God. I couldn't say much. It was all God. And I was only speaking in scriptures. And I'm like, you know, these people probably really think I'm crazy because I wasn't speaking in regular language or, you know, just communicating regularly. Only thing was springing forth is scriptures. So I went home and I said, God, he started bringing things back to my mind slowly. I said, um, "You had to, I had to go through all of this for you to erase my mind of past hurts and bitterness. And he said, not only did I have to do a mind, wash the slate clean of your mind, I had to do a heart transplant. 
And I, I was for a while, I was stuck there like, you know, I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Why did I have to go through this? And he said, um, he explained it to me that when you come to Christ and all things become new, there are some things that you have to keep revisiting. And the scripture came to me, and it was Hebrews 12 and 15, which says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up or springs up to trouble you, corrupting many. And what had happened was all the things I had experienced in life, I thought I had forgiven. I thought I had um, released it to God in prayer. And he said, the problem is, Shavita, you wanted to be a living sacrifice, but you kept crawling off the altar before I could finish my work. Wow. When things got tough, you crawled off the altar. When things got too hot, you didn't go through the purifying process so that I can completely cleanse you. Because I thought in my mind, I thought I had forgiven everybody, and there was no bitterness. If anybody had ever told me I was bitter, I was like, no, I communicate with those people. I have forgiven. I have loved. And, but it was still something springing up in me. And he said, you forgave with your mind, but your heart, bitterness was still trying to spring up. And yep. he said, and, and that's not a one-time thing. That's a thing that you have to keep on, even after salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You still have to come and lay your heart out, not just your mind, and say, you know, you say, I forgive you with your mind. Lay your heart out on the altar and let me cleanse that of bitterness. So um, it took me three months to um, fully get my mobility back because I had pneumonia when I walked out, and they had broke my rotary cuff when taking me out in the ambulance. And But during that time, I just started to commune with God because I wanted to know why this had occurred. And he had to do a complete cleansing. And he said, I, you, you left the four walls and joined the kingdom. And when, I, when he said that, you left religion. Now you can experience life after religion. Come on now. Because religion sometimes can keep us in bondage and keep us from healing, even though we think it's working. But that's head knowledge. And he wanted to do a heart transplant. And, and he always, you know, reminds me even today, check your heart. It's not so much check your um, mind and the way you think. Check your heart. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. So when I had, um, he's taken me through this healing process, and, and he said you had to go through it. Because you have a healing and deliverance ministry, you have to go through it so that you can help others in it. Makes sense. I thought I had forgiven all my past um, offenses and uh, people who had done me wrong and people who had used me and who had abused me, even to my parents stealing from me and because of their drug addiction. I, for, I thought I had forgiven them all, and it was lip service. I Come was on, telling them I forgive them out of my mouth, but in my heart it was on reserved. And when you forgive, you have to truly act as if the offense never happened. You know, you hear this cliche all the time. Um, You can forgive, but don't forget. No, when God forgave us, he threw it into the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. That means you have to treat that individual as if they never done anything to you before. And in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 26, it says, and I will give you a new heart, and I will give you new and right desires and put a new spirit in you. And I was explaining something to this, um, um, one of my children last week, and I was like, you know, God refers to us like eagles all the time. Yes. And let let me tell you about eagles. Eagles have precise um, vision. 
they see they pray from miles away. And the cousin of eagles are vultures. And vultures are unregenerated, lukewarm, or religious Christians. Now, where are the eagles? Now, eagles, when uh, when um, faced with opposition, they don't stoop to it, argue with it, debate it, and even even when they're right, they fly higher. So um, the Holy Spirit is saying, in turbulence, when you're going through turbulence, you don't you don't go down, you fly higher. That's displaying the Holy Spirit. And um, whoever's on the phone, could you please mute your phone? Please mute your phone. And um, so eagles, come back to eagles. Eagles, every year an eagle goes to the mountaintop and they pluck off each individual feather which is equivalent to us. One feather is equivalent to us as we are pulling off our big toenail with a pair of pliers. That's what each feather feels like to an eagle. So imagine picking off your big toenail with a pair of pliers, and they do that Uh, over and over (laughs) again. All of their feathers are gone. That's hurtful. They pluck all those feathers off. And then they come off the mountain and they dive into the water. And as they come up out the water, as soon as they come out the water, God begins to give them new white feathers. So as we go through this um, process, this journey in life, we need to be cleansing. And sometimes we think we cleanse one time at the cross. We prayed and we snotted out. Nope. We should be cleansing as often as possible. Eagles do it once a year. We can do it every six months, every three months. Just go back to the go back and Lord wash me over again, cleanse me over again, so that anything that has happened within you know this year, last year, within wash me from the inside out, so that nothing sticks to me. Wash me over again. So if eagles can do that plucking, and, and the plucking process is the plucking off of fences, the plucking off of disappointments, the plucking off of sicknesses and um, or sins or things that we have um, encountered within that period of time, plucking off the pain, plucking off um the things that we've gone through, plucking off anything that is contrary to the word of God or for the destiny that he has for us, plucking it off and letting them wash us again and that cleansing period. And we all need those cleansing periods, especially when you start getting, you know, burnt out and tired and fatigued. That's spiritual. That's God saying, I need to spend some time with you. It's cleansing time. You're getting frustrated. Shavita, you're snapping at the kids. You're snapping at everybody. You're overwhelmed. You're stressed out. And most of the time when we are stressed out, it has nothing to do with um, it's because we're doing things in our own strength. And God was saying, as you make a to-do list, let me be in control. And I'm an analytical person. Because I was in um, accounting for 20 years Everything has to add up to me And in the kingdom it's different It never adds up One plus one does not equal two in the kingdom God is a multiplying God He multiplies everything So the numbers that we've come up with down here Is not the kingdom economic And so I've been experiencing that was that was just one of many miracles. And sometimes, and I, I have to say that sometimes you have to be a miracle yourself. Because you can say, I believe in miracle signs and wonders. I believe in it. But until God takes, and, and maybe he does this with me because I'm a little extreme and radical. Because I'm crazy enough to believe God for some crazy stuff. Sometimes he'll allow us to experience something 
so that we can have a story to encourage somebody else. Because until you've been through it, you can't teach it, preach it, or even deliver with the conviction. That's, That's right. why apostle, you know, apostle is is so important in my life because he didn't been through some stuff. And to be honest with you, it's the times out for being um, superficial and wearing masks. People want to hear transparency, real life stories, real right. life. Because if you are, if if your life has already been perfect, then you're unrelatable. And and you can't reach anybody. Well, if you've never been through anything, then you can't tell me anything because you couldn't possibly understand this, this, this. So I asked God, Lord, why did I go through all this? Why did you allow all this to happen to me? And, and Because if I'm your child, why did I have to experience this? Why did I? These things are hurtful. These things are damaging. These things can kick somebody out. And he said, somebody had to go through it. To help somebody else. So a lot of times our trials and tribulation tests, um, even some of our sicknesses, has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with who God is taking us to. Because sometimes we'll have, you know, those self-pity parties, woe is me, woe is me, oh, Lord, why you allow this to happen to me? Oh, if I'm walking right, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This shouldn't be happening to me. And God said, this is a part of your journey. You have to go through it so that you can teach it, preach it, express it, talk about it, or deliver somebody else with it, with experience. Because experience brings hope. It lets somebody else know that if I can come through, you can too. So many testimonies. But I can honestly say that I respect those who have been through a lot. And I expect even our warriors, our veterans, because you can't tell somebody about a fight unless you've been in one. You can watch it from somebody else's perspective. You can hear it from everybody else's perspective. But until you've been through it, you can't even really speak about it unless you're speaking from somebody else's perspective. Very, very true. So all the all the things we go through in life, most of them are not even about us. It's not even about you, Shavita. It's about who I'm taking you to. Come on. It's about who I'm taking you to. You know, um, and you, I said, was... you said in the beginning of, of your testimony here about how, you know, God brought you through to forgiveness. Uh, 36 years ago when God called me and I received the baptism of fire, he said two things to me. He said, get rid of your religion, which, believe me, that confused me big time because I was brought up in a denomination which was nothing but religion, and I thought that's what God was all about. And the second thing he said to me was you must forgive. And he took me to Matthew 6, 14 and 15. And when I read that, I said, oh, goodness gracious, I'm in trouble here. Because I had a long list of people that I held uh, grudges against, and I had uh, hatred towards some, and and unforgiveness for a bunch of them. And um, so it, it was amazing to me when you said that, because he said the same thing to you, you know, get rid of your religion and forgive. And there are so many people in the body of Christ, or let me change that. There are many people who profess Jesus Christ as their personal Savior who say they are Christian, but yet they hold unforgiveness in their heart. And I I just want to interject because for those who are listening today, forgiveness is not an option. It is something that you must do. Because in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says, when you stand there praying, forgive those who have trespassed against you, and your Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you do not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive forgive you and unfortunately there's probably a lot of good people who are in hell today because they refuse to forgive jesus came to this earth to forgive us and not one of us deserved it not one so what she said about not just lip service but forgiveness from the heart is paramount 
And it took me a little bit to get to that point. It really did. But when I, but through some supernatural ways, God showed me how important it was. And God showed me where I was giving lip service and not heart service. And when I finally got to the point where I could forgive everybody, oh my goodness, was there some freedom in that. There's a major freedom in that, and it gives God an opportunity to move in your life in supernatural ways. I'm loving your testimony. I just wanted to interject there just for a second because people need to know that they must forgive, that they must forgive. Because for us to be like Christ, that's what Christian means, is to be like Christ. We have to forgive Anybody and everybody who's ever harmed us in any way, shape, matter, or form. And then, once you do that, God will start moving in your life like you've never seen before. Amen, my sister? Yes. Yes. And forgive me. Go, Go ahead. No, I love that. I love the dialect. I love that. I love that. Good. Forgiveness releases us because... Because we we can say we don't sin, but all of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. So in order for, like you said, in order for God to forgive us, we have to forgive others. And yeah, unforgiveness yeah. shall not see the kingdom of God. I don't care how many good works you do. I don't care how many people you bring to Christ. I don't care how many people you lay hands on. And matter of fact, you don't want nobody laying hands on you with unforgiveness in their heart because they're the transferring of spirit. But um, that's another story. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing, but it's do. good. <laughs> How much money you give? What good works you do? If you have unforgiveness, you shall not. You will not see the kingdom of God. True. You will not see the kingdom of God. It releases you, and not only that, it makes you in right standing with. God and right standing is righteousness. Righteousness. Right standing with God. And that's important. Yes. And unforgiveness also leads to roots of bitterness. And you might not even know you have a root of bitterness. I tell people all the time that unforgiveness is nothing but a cancer to your own soul. It's eating yeah. from the inside out, and you don't even know it. And here is something I want you to think about now. Those who are listening, I'm sure Shabita already understands this because she's already given evidence of that. But the person that you're holding unforgiveness to, don't give you a second thought. They don't think about you at all. They don't think about what they did to you. They don't care. They didn't care when they did it. They don't care now. So that person is living in your head rent-free. Forgiveness yeah. forgiveness makes them have to move out. They can't stay there no mm-hmm. more. And forget, when, when you walk in forgiveness, and I'm sure this is true with you, today, I immediately forgive somebody if they've harmed me. Immediately. I don't give it a second thought. You're forgiven. I, I'm going on. I've got things to do for Jesus. I ain't got time for you to be living in my head rent-free. You know, you're addicted. Go. <laughs> Am I making any sense here? Yeah. Good. Um, I had a recent... Oh, go ahead. No, go on. Go on. Go on. I want to hear you. I, I already know recent. what I know. I want to hear what you know. I had a recent incident that came up about a year ago. I had a dream. And in the dream, um, I had a relative, one of my closest cousins. We were close, close, close. And this is in my book, too. Whenever I went shopping, I made sure she had everything that I had. She lived with me. Um, I took care of her like she was my daughter, even though she was only a couple years younger than me. She, uh, my closest cousin, and um, God has showed me in a dream that she had slept with my oldest children's father while we were together, and she had slept with my husband. And I'm saying, Lord, why would you show me something so old? And he said, because I still love her, and I didn't have any ill will towards her when God had showed me the dream. I just didn't understand why would God show me something 
And when I um, talked to my grandmother about it, apparently I was the only one that didn't know. (laughs) But everybody Uh, else knew. And I said, well, Lord, why would you show me something so old? He said, because I want you to call her. And I want you to tell her you forgive her, that you are aware of what she did and you forgive her. And I said, okay, but what does that do? He said, that releases her from the shame and guilt. That's why uh over the last um, several years, she's been kind of away from you and very shallow. And and I thought it was because, you know, as I grow closer to Christ and she was still in the world that we were separate, you know, it was a separation. Right. And, I, and I told her, and, and God had me, everybody that I was introducing into the, the, the world, clubbing, partying, drugs and everything, those same people you have to go back and minister to. And I said, okay. So um, I called her and I told her I forgave her, and she get ripped a hole in me. She said some mean and nasty things to me. And I said, okay, Lord, I don't know if that was fruitful. He said, your job was to let her know you forgive her. And that released her from the shame and guilt that she had been carrying. And it let her know your stance is real. There's, there's nothing that somebody can do to you that can't be forgiven. Forgiveness is such a powerful position, and it and it also shows the kingdom of God. It shows the kingdom of God and the power of God in your life. So she might have been mad, but she processed it. And that she no longer has to carry the shame and guilt of betrayal because now that she knows that I'm aware of it, and I don't hold it against her, and she just has to, and, and you know, you know, the enemy probably send a whole bunch of things, but I pray for her. And another thing that God had me doing is people who had done me wrong and mistreated me, betrayed me, lied on me, cheated on me, stole from me, he had me blessing them. And I'm saying, this is awkward, Lord. This is the opposite. They're supposed to make recompense and... and Give to me. They stole from me. Why well, I got to bless them? He said, that's not how, he said, because you're in the kingdom and your mind is, your, your your mind is renewed. You can bless those who persecute you. You can bless those who lie on you, who did you wrong, who stole from you. When they take your shirt, give them your jacket and your hat. Because all all that stuff is meaningless anyway. That's a testament to the kingdom of God. And the biggest thing I wanted to say today is love. Love is such a bomb. Love is an antibiotic to any kind of cancer, any kind of sickness, illness, betrayal, whether it be emotional, physical, financial, Whatever it is that you're hurting from or has caused you any kind of distress in your life, love is the antibiotic. Come on. Because loving kindness draws people to you. Amen. Since this is a talk show, we have several several people on the line right now, uh, and I'd like to give them the opportunity to make comments if they want to. Yeah, Uh, yeah. If here's what I do, I'm going to give you the last four digits of your phone number, and I'm going to turn your okay. microphone on. If you want to speak, speak. If you don't, don't say a word, but don't hang up. Hang in there, and we'll just move on to the next one. So the first one that's online here that we're going to go to, the last four digits is three four nine three, and I want to say. Good morning to you. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, the Healing Light Show. If you have any comments, now's the time to do it. If you don't, don't say a word. 3493, you're on there. Yes, God bless you. Um, and God bless the um, prophet that was speaking and um, the apostle. This is my first time ever on this uh, show. But I was really blessed, and it was something that I really needed to hear because I've been going through a great, great betrayal. 
Um, and it just really um, strengthened me and let me know that it's not about me. And it's about, um, it's really about God. And it's about me looking at myself as well and walking in forgiveness uh, always. Nothing's worth um, missing heaven for. So um, I ask that you all would continue to keep me in prayer and that I will be able to be obedient to God's word. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we thank you for your comments. We appreciate it. But as Shavita said, and, and I was saying about it too, forgiveness is not optional. It is yeah. a requirement. It is a commandment. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And he gave us two commandments. And that's to love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and to love others. And as Shavita was saying a minute ago, love is the answer. Love will get you to the point of forgiveness. And a lot of people say, well, it's, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand this. You don't understand that. And, and it's true. I may not. But what I do understand is that we must forgive. It's for your sake that you must forgive. Am I making any sense, hon? That's right. Okay, we're going to thank you again. I'm going to move to the next one. And the last four digits on your phone number is 8558. Last four digits is 8558. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Um, This is Evangelist Carolyn, and I have enjoyed listening and learning, um, specifically, forgiveness is more than from the from the mouth. It's actually from the heart. Um, I yep. don't have any questions. This is my first time dialing in. I appreciate being invited, and this has been very enlightening. So thank you. Well, thank you, Evangelist. And speaking of evangelists, there's one thing that I always do on each and every show, and that is simply this. If you're listening today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is the day of salvation. Those of us who believe in Jesus, we know he's going to be returning sooner than most of us think. And you have an opportunity right now to invite Jesus to come into your heart. The Bible says that if we confess we're sinners, and every one of us, our sinners, we all fall short of the glory of God. But if you confess that you're a sinner and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on that cross and three days later he rose again and today he sits at the right hand of Father God intervening for us, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Prove to me that you're real. I will always remember, I was 12 years old the day I said that prayer. And I'll always remember it because immediately, once I said that prayer, I knew Jesus was real. You don't have to be in a big church. You don't have to have no religious thing to do it. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. And if you believe him, he'll do it. All right. Got one more phone call up here. Shavita, I... Got a feeling that this person is, her phone number is not 11111, it comes across 111111, but she's called in the show before, and I believe it's my friend Holly. So let me put her on here and say, hello, is that you, Holly? That's me. Can you hear me? Yeah. you have any comments okay. that you'd like to say? I do have a comment for you. This is a very appropriate show, and I would like to read you a poem I've written about forgiveness. Is that okay? As long as it's not too long, because we're, we're, we're running out of time, and I want to spend some more time with Shabita, So. Okay, it's not too long. Okay. It's called Forgiveness. Like the quiet dew from heaven, peace distills upon our hearts. When we offer up forgiveness, as offenses cast fiery darts. Forgiveness appears to be a path when he said, come follow me. Repentance and forgiveness through the atonement of Christ will set our souls forever free. Not only is forgiveness a requirement of the Lord, now prove this 
search the scriptures, you will find throughout his word. We must each reach deep inside ourselves and search our mortal soul, then make a celestial commitment with forgiveness as our goal. It is not easy when offenses come. Turn to them, the other cheek. If we practice this noble yet humbling act, we will be numbered among the meek. The Lord will forgive whom he will forgive, yet this is not our part. We are commanded to forgive all men deep within our heart. Our load will be lifted, our burden will be light, as forgiveness cultivates charity, not contention out of sight. Practicing Christ-like virtues will fortify an alliance of dedicated seed. Holy virtues harvest enables us to behold our divine and worthy need to forgive all our brothers and sisters, no matter what the deed. For we ourselves cannot be forgiven unless we have forgiven too. And now a final thought before these words are through. Down to the end, Christ manifests the example that we must also pursue. Ask our Father's sanction, thus forgiving others, when they know not what they do. Amen. Amen. Love it. Love it. I, I got a whole add, book. I got a whole book. <laughs> I want to add something to that to, to that a lot of people don't think about, but you know, when you're being tormented by the enemy, when the devil's coming after you and you can't understand why things are going the way they're going. Unforgiveness is a legal doorway that gives him the right to attack you. He has a legal right uh-huh. to attack you because of unforgiveness. So when you forgive, guess what? Bam, you close that door and that attack can't be there no more. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I learned that many, many years ago, forgiveness, when I went through yep. my divorce at 20 years old. And... I finally realized that I was only hurting myself being angry with my husband. I was only hurting myself, and that realization came to me. And I've been a very, very forgiving person ever since. Well, it's not done. People have done some very awful, awful things to me that I have had to forgive and to my child that I have had to forgive. And, well, you know what? Forgiveness brings peace. Amen. Okay, thank you, Holly. I appreciate your comments this morning. You're welcome. But I want to Great get back show. Now. Okay, thank okay. you. Uh-huh. I want to get back to uh, talking to Shavita. Shavita? Yeah? You know what? I'm going to ask you right now, live on the air, I want you to return. I want to. I think there's a lot more that we can talk about that we've been able to cover in this, this very short hour. Uh, when, a, when the hour starts flying by like this one has, I, I always get a little excited because, well, that means we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. But now that we've only got about 10 minutes left, um, go ahead and add anything else you'd like to say, because I want to hear more from you. First, I want to say um, anybody that's battling with forgiveness or betrayal or anything, um, our information uh, can make it available to those on the line. Um, it's it's okay to give out my number or my email address. That's fine. And I just want to say sometimes things are a process that we go through. But forgiveness can't be a process because we have to hurry up and get that done. It's like, like Apostle Ken said, when the, when you are, have unforgiveness, you've given the enemy access, which means you know he's coming and the door is wide open. So right. forgiveness has to happen immediately so you can hurry up and shut that door and lock it. Because what happens is the longer you leave that door open, not only is one enemy coming in, but a whole bunch of them are coming after you. So different things start, and what I mean is different things start to happen in your life that you don't understand 
or you can't um, different spirit because it um, that it's a, it's like a doorway for everything. The attacks to start coming immediately, and you want to close it immediately so that um, you're not in a situation where you have too much battling at the same time, and you're not equipped or aware of what's going on. So a, a forgiveness has to happen very fast to close the door. It's like slamming a door on the enemy because we don't want to give him enough time to get in with all his crew, which is a whole bunch of demons attacking you. And also good sound counsel to help you walk through that process of not just forgiving but going through how to let go all the hurt um, because betrayal is only betrayal when it's somebody that is close to you or somebody that mattered to you. Because, you know, a stranger off the street can't betray you, but someone close to you. And how to maneuver through that so you can have a good relationship with God and restore all things to new. So sometimes that's why I said if you give out our information, give out my information, that's fine. Because sometimes people need to a listening ear or somebody to just help walk them. Where do I go from here? How do I show up for family occasions? Or how do, you know, because it's a lot of, you know, it, it taps into pride. It taps into, you know, it, it hurts. How do right. I heal? How do I heal, you know, this bleeding heart? How do I, and I can share that because I've been through some things where where your heart is bleeding, and, and when your heart is beating, you don't need a Band-Aid. You need God to mend that or make it brand new. Create in me. That's why you say, create in me a new heart. I don't want a Band-Aid on this raggedy heart. I want no. a new heart. And renew in me the right spirit. And the right spirit is the Holy Spirit, not a new age spirit, not a self-help spirit, not a... Um, it's a whole bunch of spirits out here. Not a yoga yeah. spirit, not a um, all these other things that they have going on nowadays. Um, you know, they talk about all these vibes and energies and, you know, creating me a clean heart and renewing me the right, the right. It has to be the right spirit for God to create the new heart because if you don't have... God creating the new heart, you'll get a heart, but it won't be a heart of God, and it won't be a heart of love. Come on. And you won't have a sound mind. Let me ask you a question. It will continue to be tormented. Mm -hmm. Okay, you've been through a lot of stuff, and as well Mm -hmm. as I, I mean, I'm an apostle. You don't don't go through life and and end up being a prophet or apostle without going through some stuff, because it's as you said before, if you don't walk it out yourself, how can you help others? Right. My question, though, is this. When you did get to the point of forgiving people, before you forgave them, it seemed like it was an impossible thing to do, right? Yeah. But then when you did it, did you? for me, I found out it was very easy to do once you yeah. get to the point of saying, I'll do it. Do you agree with that or what? Yes, I completely agree. So it's not that because difficult your flesh to do. Wants to, your flesh wants to say, they don't deserve this. They don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve, then we're playing Lord. Deserve, um, they did this to me or they hurt me or they did, and, and then we want God to get them. God, God is already going to handle it. Vengeance is God. And believe me, Amen. there's nothing you can do that God don't already have a plan to do. He 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 is a loving God. He'll chastise them, and we think it's so hard and so impossible because the hurt is so deep. But when you do it, it's just like you've been carrying bricks around your ankles and your back and your head. You've been, and when you do it, you feel so much lighter and free and happier. Yes, I know I'm a lot happier. I mean, I yes. went to. The forgiveness stuff thirty six years ago, and then like I said, now it's it's automatic. I don't I don't have time to be wasted with unforgiveness because 
like I said before, it's a cancer to the soul. I'm not inviting that cancer back in. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. anyhow, I want to thank you so very much for being our guest today. And I seriously want you to come back again. Because and you I know think, I'm here. Good. I'm so glad to hear it. Go ahead and give people contact information. You know, if you have a web page or a Facebook page, or if you want to give out your phone number, that's up to you. But okay. if you want to do that, this would be the time to my do it. Email, my, okay, let me do that. My email address is E-M-S-O-U-L, the number four, life. It's encourage my soul for life at Gmail. So that's E M S O U L the number four life L I S E at Gmail. And my cell phone number is five seven one two two four one three zero one. And let me tell you about my cell phone. Please Tell me who you are before you call, because I get a lot of spam callers that I don't answer. So my telephone <laughs> number is five seven one two two four one three zero one. Excellent, 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 excellent. And I appreciate this call. I'm I sorry, appreciate this call. Yeah. I said I appreciate this call. Yes. I appreciate I, uh, this call. Okay. <laughs> um, as a prophet, we only got a few minutes left, but as a prophet, what is the Lord speaking to you for a time such as this? Okay. I was in, in 2019, I was in a whole year of let my people go. And I heard it from God's perspective, the Hebrews' perspective, the Israelites' perspective, the slave perspective, Pharaoh's perspective. God gave it to me in every perspective, and I understand it now. Because 2020, the only way to see with 2020 vision is you have to spend time. Isn't it just like God to shut down the whole world? for you to get on your face fast and pray for what's to come. This is a year of visionary. If you are if you have been praying for God to give you a business or praying for God to increase your anointing or praying for God, whatever you've been praying for God for, God for it's time to turn off CNN, the news, the Black That's Lives easy. Matter, the the everything, and get in tune with the Holy Spirit. It's Come time on. to pray, fast, and seek the kingdom of God so that when he prepares your promised land, which is whatever God has in store for you, whatever God is calling you to, you have to be able to handle the capacity in which he's going to walk you to. God is a good God. He's not going to give a first-time driver a Lamborghini. So if whatever you're calling, whatever you're asking God to do in your life, you have to pray fast so you can hear clearly from God and spend time in the Word. Please spend time in the Word. It's a lot of distractions out here. We all know them. But he shut it down for us to, that was a way of letting people go from their jobs letting people go from all the distractions to get in tune with him. So when I say let my people go, let my people go from these plantation jobs where you work in sun up to sun, sun up to sundown, and then you get home and you're too tired to read your word, too tired to pray, too tired to fast, and you're running around doing all these things. This is a time to get in tune with the Holy Spirit. So in this new season, the next season, you're going to need all the power and strength to get you through it and to walk you into whatever is new. Okay. I want to thank you once again. You've been an awesome guest. I'm definitely going to contact you. and I definitely want to go. I think we've got more to go. But we're out of time right now. God bless you. Be blessed. Be a blessing. Join us next week. 
here on the Healing Life Show. Love you all. You have been listening to the Healing Light Show with your host, Ken Burrow. Prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. To donate, go to the Healing Light Radio Show on Facebook, where you will find a link to donate. Thanks for listening. Be blessed and be a blessing.